Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Hey, and welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. We'll talk beer with Nivens here in just a little bit, but now it's time to talk to Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. At Ron underscore cop, K-O-P-P, who's got his uh, film review show that started this week. What's up, Ron? Hey, Jay. How are you doing tonight? So how'd the film review show go? What are you guys calling that bad boy? Uh, we, we didn't think of a creative one. Uh, we just, we we're calling it AP Film Room for now. Yeah, me, Brian, Talon, uh, they've been breaking for film. We've kind of all done it together, but they, we've been having separate articles all year, but you know, we uh, we all are coaches, and and all of our seasons are kind of over, so we got a little more free time. So now we're going to start uh, bringing some uh, a YouTube video every week to the people. So uh, look out for that. So three coaches involved, huh? Yeah, no, yeah, we all coach. I don't coach high school; they coach high school. But uh, you know, I coach pretty close. So uh, and, are you and, close? Yeah, you know, the high school season is wrapping up. I, uh, you know, and I know you're a high school guy. So while I'm on the air, shout out Sean Mission Northwest. They're playing tonight in the state quarterfinals. So good luck to them. You already get into that quarterfinal round. Of course, we have district championships over on the Missouri side, so we're starting to get there, Ron. We were just talking about Melvin Ingram before we went to break. What do you think his impact is with, you know, not only that transition they've they've had putting Jones back in the middle, but can Jones make Jaron Reed better? Does Frank Clark, obviously he's a big fan of Melvin Ingram being on the staff. Can the Chiefs devise pressure from their front four. They blitz like hell. 33.6 blitz percentage, second in the NFL. They don't get to the quarterback, though, 31st in sacks. Yeah, I think they have to be kind of careful with how they, they game plan their blitzing. And they've been blitzing a lot more lately to kind of make up for what has been most of the year. The pass rush not really doing much. But now the pass rush is starting to come alive. And when we start uh, facing these quarterbacks that you're, you're coming up against, Derek Carr and Dak Prescott, you don't want to be blitzing too much because those guys will take advantage uh, Derek Carr actually has been in, uh, very good against the Blitz this year. He's got one of the highest yards per attempt rates versus the Blitz. He's been really good at taking those deep shots when they're there. Um, kind of when you, you, you've seen it from Mahomes before when teams start to Blitz, and he, he does the thing where he backpedals, gets to a certain place, and, and you know away from the Blitzes and uses his arm to uh, hit a deep ball. Now they don't have Henry Ruggs anymore, so that's going to be a big deal and, and not allow him to maybe take advantage of the Blitz as much. But the point being, yeah, they've, they've been blitzing well, but I think they need to kind of start trusting their pass rush a little more, and I think Melvin Ingram, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark allow them to do that, and so they don't have to uh, – they can keep as many players as possible in coverage while also uh, getting pressure on uh, Carr this weekend. What have you seen from your film studies on Frank Clark? Because, I mean, he's got them tied for the most quarterback hits the last two weeks, pro football focus rating over 90% the last two weeks. I mean, the guy really is turning it on. 
Yeah, this, to me, he looks the most explosive he has he has been since he's been in Kansas City. I think the best he's played since he's been in Kansas City is, is down that stretch in the 2019 season in the Super Bowl run. But even then, if you kind of look at how he was playing then and, and compared to now, I feel like then he was still playing just a little more just on effort, just just kind of winning on plays with, with kind of just being a, a technical, sound football player with a good effort and some strength. But now you're seeing that explosiveness that we all saw in Seattle. That was kind of the most exciting part of the trade when we first traded for Frank Clark was how he can just fly off the line of scrimmage um, kind of almost at a, at a freakish way, in a freakish way, and, and we're seeing that. Now, I will say, against the Packers, man, Jordan Love was, uh, you know, it, it's been kind of evident now that he was just not really changing up the cadence much, <laughs> and I think Clark was really a teeing off on that, and I think that's what was really giving him an advantage um, to uh, jump off the snap and make those, because that's kind of a, a first-year quarterback or first-game quarterback mistake, and Clark is taking advantage of it. He won't have that same luxury against guys coming up, but either way, he looks as Healthy as he's been in Kansas City, in my opinion, and that's translated to really good play. He's, he's flying off the ball, and, and, and everything's kind of coming together for him. It might be the best he's ever looked as a chief. Really? Because, of course, it was week nine, you know, back against the Chargers in Mexico City where he really, you know, and that defense really came alive. And it was week nine last week where they really came alive. Obviously, they can't go cover zero blitz against Derek Carr because he will make him pay because uh, he's still got Renfro out there and, and Waller and everything else. Still can make him pay. So you got to do it differently. But when you look at the Raiders defensively, they don't blitz. I mean, Gus Bradley, their defensive coordinator, was asked about it today. They're 31st in the NFL in blitz percentage. They get from the front four. I mean, their sacks come from the defensive ends and defensive tackles. The Chiefs kind of go into what they do well. Yeah, you know, that's the fascinating part about this matchup coming up is all year we've heard that the Chiefs are only facing two high coverages, these, these soft zones with two safeties over the top. Well, Gus Bradley, his entire career, he's from that Seattle tree where they run that cover three, that single high safety look. And that's what he's been running uh, to a T his entire career, especially against Patrick Mahomes. And the funny part is he's actually, that's the defense. He's actually had success against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has actually had some of his worst statistical games before this season, at least, um, against the Chargers. And so that kind of is a fascinating thing where are they going to continue to do that one high safety stuff against Mahomes where no other team has dared to do that because of the deep threat ability of, you know, when you have only one safety over top instead of two safeties, Mahomes can take advantage of that a lot more. So it is, it is, it is going to be uh, fascinating to see if, if the Raiders do switch that up at all, go to too high to kind of replicate what other teams have been doing, which has obviously been successful. But if they do want to stick to their guns and play what they play, you know, I, I, I think it's worked against Mahomes in the past, but I think the Chiefs will look to take advantage of that by, by hitting more deep balls and, and, and finding Kelsey in those team routes, man. Kelsey's always kind of killed those Chargers defenses and those one-high looks because it opens up the seam, and then that's where Kelsey is obviously winning. So we'll see if that if that comes to fruition. But I, I will say uh, one thing is, is the pass rush is not going to make that easy. I'll say that. How do you view the Raiders? They win this game. They'll go to 6-3. and three. Again, we've seen them at 6-4 and four the last two years, and then they kind of fall apart. You know, early in the year they weren't losing the games they typically lose, like against that Ravens team. Uh, they actually beat the Ravens. They had an opportunity to lose that game, but they didn't. They found a way to win that game. But the Chiefs and the Raiders do play some close games. So a couple of years ago, it's forty to nine. Obviously, the Chiefs uh, waxed them. But last year, they split the games. And that second game in Las Vegas came down, you know, to the wire. Uh, basically, the Chiefs and Raiders. So, how are you viewing that team? Do you think there's too many distractions for that team? Because clearly, they have more over their head now than they did those other years when they fell apart. 
Yeah, man, the Raiders are so close, it seems like. You know, Carr is playing as great as he ever has. You know, I do think one thing that was weird about their offseason was that they kind of got rid of all their best offensive linemen and wanted to kind of restart. But imagine if this team had guys like Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson, um, who, are, who are both starting for other teams right now in the NFL. And because and, and, their offensive line has kind of been one of the reasons they, uh, you know, one of their flaws this year. And then obviously their pass rush comes alive as well uh, this year. It's been it's, it's one of the best passers can do in the entire NFL this year. So I think they're a legit team, but I do think that offensive line problem and losing Ruggs. I mean, I really think Ruggs' ability and, and you know was really helping Carr in terms of being willing to throw deep, which was kind of opening up the rest of the offense in terms of hitting short to intermediate passes. Because um, I think I think teams are starting to. Uh, kind of sit on those routes and, and make Carr throw deep because he wasn't really testing him as much. Now he is. But losing rugs has really hurt this offense. And so it's just I, I want to say they're so close. I want to say they're a good team. But those little things right there, losing rugs, not having the same offensive line you could have had if you would have made some more moves in the offseason. Um, I, I just they're not, they're not quite there as a I don't I, I can't really see them being a playoff team if they lose after this weekend, in my opinion, with the AFC the way it is right now. How are you handicapping this division? Well, that's that's a great question, and 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 I think the Chiefs are in prime position if they beat the Raiders after this weekend, and and that's and that's one thing about the Chiefs' schedule so far is they've only played one division game all year. Now all of a sudden they have four in their next five games, and I think that's going to be a real benefit, and I think that's actually going to be you know one of the reasons why we could see a turnaround is because Andy's dominated this division, and so if if they can win four, you know uh, at least three of the four next division games, if not all four of them, they play the Raiders twice, Broncos, and, and Chargers. Um, if, if we can see them do that, then they're in firm control of the division. But I'd say the Chargers and the Chiefs have the, the best chance for sure. I think the Raiders, like I said, with all the, with the things that have kind of been happening, I think they're kind of maybe starting to slip a little bit. What did you see in your film review over Mahomes? You waiting for Mahomes to break out? I know he's had a rough couple of games. Uh, clearly that play got talked about a lot where he challenged deep with Hardman, didn't make the play. Um Travis Kelsey was over the middle for 20 yards, could have completed it, but they and Andy Reid was okay with it, is okay with going with the deep ball to kind of open things up. So the Chiefs keep trying that, open things up, or just take what the defense has given you? Yeah, I really would have liked to see Mahomes take Kelsey on that play. If you watch it, if he hits Kelsey out of his break, Kelsey could have gotten to maybe the 30-yard line of, of, of the Packers. I mean, it would have been a huge play. Um, and McColl just – he was running into a safety with a corner pretty much right behind him. It was pretty much double coverage. So I wasn't a huge fan of that play, but I get what he was doing. And then later in the game, he actually had another chance at a deep shot, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. Tyree Kill, that would have been a touchdown if Mahomes just puts, puts it on his outside shoulder, kind of led him to inside towards the safety and was a little too far. But um, overall, though, I do think Mahomes looked a, looked a little more comfortable in the pocket. Um, he, he, he seemed like he was delivering throws a little more confidently, a little more accurately. There were some drop balls, man. I mean, there were some big drop balls. Uh, one thing, uh, the, the 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 attempt to Hardman down the field. The next play uh, after that, Kelsey had a had a catch in his hands that would have been a 10, 15 yard gain for a first down, and he just straight drops it. So it's kind of hard to, to you know to fault Mahomes too much on that first down shot play when the next play they would have got a first down if Kelsey catches it. So I think actually Mahomes played better. It's just it just still didn't translate the points because of other things, and, and I still think he wasn't perfect. And, and I would like to see the Chiefs kind of maybe 
uh, save them a little bit by running the ball a little more, and I think that could have helped. Uh, there were some drives where they just refused to run the ball, and they went three and out real quick without even a, a chance. So, who's your like favorite back, Ron? Who's your favorite? A little more. Who gives the Chiefs a better chance at running back with Clyde? Because I mean, maybe they rest him this week. I mean, he's on the clock. Could come back still. They can make the decision still with Clyde, with Gore, Terrell Williams, McKinnon. Like, who do you think gives the Chiefs the best chance? Because they are fifteenth in the NFL in rushing because teams don't run the ball anymore. Yeah, I still think Clyde is the best running back on this team without a question. I really liked uh, Daryl the past couple weeks, especially in the Packers game. It seemed like he was running very – he was getting downhill very quick. He wasn't messing around. And I and I like that from running backs, especially when we see them run those gap runs where we have Trey Smith pulling and kicking out and someone leading him up the hole. you got to be downhill and, and, and run through that hole. And I do think that was one thing Gore – you know, hey, I know it's only his second game, third game, but – I, I, I was honestly a little unimpressed, unimpressed with a couple of runs of Gores from the Packers game. It just he, he just didn't look as good as he did against the Giants. So I, I was kind of hoping Darrell would get just all of the carries. And, and I think that should be the case, in my opinion, until Clyde gets back. But once Clyde gets back, it really should be Clyde and Darrell. I think they're a pretty good duo. They kind of work off each other, do different things. And, and I kind of like that duo. But I think Clyde's definitely the best running back. How do you see this game working out? Man, I think it could be a very similar game to what we've seen the next the last two weeks in terms of a low-scoring kind of defensive affair. Man, I, I really am not feeling good about uh, the Chiefs starting Andrew Wiley at right tackle out of necessity, obviously. I think Max Crosby is going to have a day over there. He usually lines up over the right tackle. And I really think that could disrupt the offensive game plan. Um, but I do, but I trust the defense to, to step up against the Raiders. I think Spagnuolo has faced the Raiders enough times to kind of know their offense. Um, and, I, and like I said, I think the, the absence of rugs is really affecting them. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game as the Chiefs pull out and kind of keep continue to build this momentum as they, as they go forward in the season. What do you think is more realistic, Ron, the way the defense is playing or the way the offense is playing? What, what is more the real deal? Oh, man. I, 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 that is tough. I, I will say, I'll say the defense because I, am, I, I do think a lot of what the defensive struggles were were just not having everybody healthy, um, not having their best players in the game in terms of a Thornhill Sorensen or, you know, uh, Bolton being more involved, all that, Jones being at defensive tackle. I think those things are corrected now, so you're seeing a better defensive performance because of that. I still think the offense has a, has a great chance to turn it around. I think just a few more things need to go their way. If you watch a game from earlier in the season, the offense looks very similar. It's just they're executing instead of dropping every pass or – you know, obviously the fumbles and everything. So it, it is. It, I, I do think the offense could turn it around at any second now. So I'll say the defensive performance is more real for sure. Awesome stuff, Ron Cop at Ron underscore Cop K O P P. Thanks a lot, Ron. Really appreciate you joining me again on Friday night. Thank you and take care. Keep up yep. doing the good work. Appreciate you, Jay. Thank you very much. All right, there you go, Ron Cop, right there. Interesting stuff. If I ask you that same question, Julio, what's more realistic, this defense, the way the offense is playing? What are you buying? The defense is improving. The offense is what they are at this point. Uh, I mean, there's room for improvement on both sides of the ball, right? But I think the offense is not where they could be. I see them. There's more room for improvement. They have a higher ceiling, obviously, because we've seen what they're capable of than what the defense is. I think the defense is just about reaching their their peak. I don't know if that's if that's a positive thing or a negative thing, but we're winning ball games, so that's what matters most, right? Yeah, I think the offense uh, turns it around more than the defense. That's yeah, what they we have a higher ceiling. The Chiefs. 
I think they're the ones that can definitely flip things around for the season this year. Coming up next, Tony Dungy also had some other things to say besides handicapping the AFC West. We'll touch on that but before we switch to beers at 7.30. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez, and a man that joins us each and every Friday right around this time because we talk beard and we talk Chiefs. His name is Jason Nivens or Nivens, 99 The Rock, 3 to 7, afternoons with Nivens. What's up, Nivens? Here I am. I was waiting for the introduction this time because you, you chastised me last Friday. I did it right. You came I in. I did not leave anything out. You, you did. You, you came at me hard uh, uh, last week, last Friday, for, for jumping the gun, being a bit premature. It happens, fellas. Uh, yes, it does. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm here now. <laughs> I have brought with me, um, and we'll I'll, we'll build it up, and I'll save it till uh, later on. I have brought with me what I played on air today, um, an incredible bit, an incredible radio bit. I'm very nervous about this. Featuring my son, all three three years and nine months of him. It all is right. it is glorious. I have said this for a while. Yesterday was really it really personified it, but. Uh, for quite some time, um, you probably this this won't make sense. One half of it will make sense to you, Julio, because you've been out to the pubs and, and things like that. This fully will make sense to to you, Bank. There is an uncanny similarity, uncanny similarity, betwixt drunks and toddlers. Oh yeah, they are identical. They right. are identical. They will bust out in song for no reason. They'll tell you they love you. <laughs> They'll cry for no reason. They'll fall down regularly. They throw fits. They speak gibberish. You can't understand half the time. Sounds uh, about right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pull this one audio off. But there's a part where, where uh, earlier today, my son said, "How how big is a peanut butter bird? <laughs> how like you know what I'm saying? All right. But uh, today, uh, earlier today, something happened, and I was able to capture it uh, recording wise. That is like just it just drives home the fact that drunks and toddlers are one of the same, and I'm working on a whole game around that, um, kind of like my strip club or gay club or a sex mover sandwich, very similar, called drunks or toddlers, and it's I like and, it. And Bink, you've you've had two in your life. I have, and and you can you can agree with this. Like, you, things are going good. Like yesterday, things were going great, right? And then all of a sudden, my son went into full on meltdown mode. Where he's like, I don't like you anymore, Dad. Why would you say it, Mom? Babe, babe. He calls my he calls his mother my <laughs> wife, babe, because I always call her babe. So he calls her babe. He goes storming upstairs. He's like, babe, babe. You know what Daddy said? You know what I said to him? What? Hey, pal. I'm gonna run some errands. Why don't you join me? Like all day long, we were having the best day. We were hanging out, we were playing, we were watching stuff. And then I said, I had the audacity, the audacity to say to him, hey, pal, it always starts out that way. Drunks, when I was bouncing at a bar, guy would be acting up. You go, hey, pal. Oh, man, it wasn't me, dude. I wasn't me, man. And then toddlers like, hey, pal. And he flipped out. And the fact that I had the nerve to say, hey, pal. It's the tone. I'm going to run some errands. Why don't you join me? And he just flipped the lid. And it's true. If you've had, if you've ever been out to a pub and you've seen drunks, you've, you've been around toddlers. Right. If you've ever been around toddlers, you know, the, a lot of their actions mirror drunks at a bar. Does he watch football? 
a little bit here and there. But then, you know, like a drunk, he kind of gets distracted, and he's like, I got, I got something to eat. <laughs> hey, before we switch over to the beer segment, coming up here at 730, uh, Nivens, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. We want your phone calls and reactions to winter beers because we're going to do it differently. It's just, it's, you and I are the guests. Just, just, the just, guest, just so tell them what happened. We, we had a guest lined up in the 11th. It doesn't matter who. doesn't matter who. In the 11th hour, they couldn't make it in. It's fine. And, uh, it happens. It, it happens. happens. Here was Dungy when he was with CDOT. What he sees from the Chiefs now compared to the dominant team they were and can they get back? Well, I think it's really the offense. And what, what has happened is people are forcing them to do a, a reset. And I think it did for the Super Bowl. Todd Bowles uh, came in with a completely different plan than the regular season game. They got torched for almost 300 yards in the first half of that game. And, you know, they came into the Super Bowl saying, we can't play like we've always played. We're going to just sit back. Hopefully our front four can make some things happen, but we're not going to give up deep passes. We're not going to give up three-play touchdown drives. And it was successful, so everybody else is kind of adopting that that theory. And they're saying, let these guys prove that they can have 10-play, 12-play touchdown drives. And sometimes the Chiefs have done it. The first drive uh, last week against Green Bay was exceptional, in my opinion. They went right down the field. They took what Green Bay gave them. Uh, didn't have any problems, and they scored. But they didn't score another touchdown the rest of the game. And that's what they're going to have to prove to people. They can play that way because that, that's what everybody's doing, forcing their hand. Can they be patient? Will they run the ball? And then can they have a 12-play drive without having a couple of penalties, drop ball, fumble, off-target throw? Uh, can they be consistent? Still reset button. Yeah. Again, the halfway point's different with 17 games. It was halftime, actually, of last week's games. For all intents and purposes, this is a new season for the Chiefs. Sure. Eight games, five remaining against division opponents. Mm-hmm. They're 0-1 against the division now because of the Chargers. Sure, yeah, right. They can't go in two. Right. And the Raiders in their way. And the Raiders would be 6-3, and three, and they finally feel confidence because they've had a lot of things, obviously, <laughs> over mean, their head. yeah. Every week, they I mean, it's been five days since they haven't had something yeah. happen with releasing somebody. Damon Arnett was the latest one. Uh, again, ridiculous circumstances, unfathomable circumstances for all three of their releases. But yeah. the Raiders find themselves in this weird situation. But they are five and three. Mm-hmm. Could go to six and three against a rival. I think the Chiefs can find who they were before because this offense was moving before Tennessee. Yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, um, a couple of days ago, my my boss, a hole Bob, who you love, yep. uh, he you know he came good a hole, good a hole. Yeah, uh, we were talking about it, and 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 I think that. The beginning of the year, I think there was some some real um, uh, understandable uh, comments made in regards to the defense, but the last couple few weeks, you you have to give credit where credit is due. And I don't care that it was just Jordan Love. I don't care that it was just the Redskins that they held out in the second half. I don't care it was just you know enter uh, whatever. There's those are still NFL teams. Those are still NFL players out there, and the defense is done what it needs to do to get kind of its mojo back, or as, as I know Frank Clark made mention of, the swagger, the swagger that was, that was needed by that, that, that side of the ball. Um, offensively, there's still some things that need to be ironed out. And, and it, it's not – I think I sent you this text message um, this, this last Sunday when you are doing your postgame show, and I said, man, it's the second week in a row with a W, but it kind of feels like an L, right? Like the Giants' win was a win. Not impressive. But it wasn't impressive. The Packers, it was a win – there's still moments where you're like, ooh, 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 but it, it still was a win. And I understand the idea of a win's a win. And so you, you take it and you move on from it. 
there's just things I think that that we have been spoiled as a fan base to to, to witness the offense that we have had over the last since Mahomes took took the reins, right? So we got spoiled on that. But if we control the clock, if we can if we can manage the offense effectively, where we're 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 putting in putting up points, you know, and yeah, three points is not a lot, but obviously it added up. It mattered. It mattered. It mattered when those two three pointers for uh, the Packers didn't happen. When one went, uh, when one didn't make it, and one got blocked, because that was a t- that ties up the game right there. But if but if we can 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 maybe kind of re. Have, if we as a fan base can, can kind of readjust our expectations for this offense, that it's, it's not going to be a, a thousand yards uh, a game, then, then, but if they can control the clock, they can manage it well, they can make the plays they need to make and get the W, then okay, baby, let's go. And obviously they have a chance to be six and four. They were six and four in 2019. They won the yeah. Super Bowl, but it feels different. And it is different because of the teams that they've lost to, the tiebreakers they've lost to. But yes. It would still be six but and I, four. But I told you this last week. A we ten have, game mark. We have to stop with this comparison of well, this year compared to that year, this year compared to that th- this time, this time at that time. Like you, you say it so many times, Bink. It's, it's any given Sunday. It's it any given is. Sunday. It truly, it honestly, it, it, is. it's it's what can you do for me now, and it's where we are at this point. It, it, like I understand that it's a feel good, or maybe it makes us it's related. It's like when you go like. You meet somebody and they go, oh, I'm from Kansas. And you go, oh, I'm from Kansas too, or whatever it might be. You try and find that relatability so maybe it makes it easier to digest. But the reality of it is is that this team this year is different from the team last year and the team two years before and the team three years before. Because they're all different. There's some play. There's obviously personnel that are still there. There's some that aren't, right? But but where, where are we with what we got now? And I think some of the pickups that we've got defensively have worked out great. Some the jury's still in deliberation. Some of the guys that were doing their positions a couple, two, three years ago aren't doing it the same way a couple, three now. And so you just have to adjust with it, right? But I think that that this defense can continue to pull it together like, like we need them to as a fan base, and they have been, then the offense will, will write it. An offense like that is going to write itself out. I we'll, think. we'll get back into Raiders and Chiefs, but we always talk beer at 730. It's true. On Friday nights. Coming up next, two guys in a brewery. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's Friday, so crack one open with two guys in a brewery. On Bink at Night, here's Bink and Nivens from 98.9 The Rock. Welcome back. Two guys at the brewery. We usually have a brewery in at this time, but there's a little conflict on the brewery tonight. We'll be back in action again tomorrow, but we have some things to say about tomorrow. The, next Friday. Next Friday. That's what I mean. I didn't mean uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm here for that. I didn't mean tomorrow. I mean, we, we have good no, things. No, I mean, look, if the, if the wife gives birth, between now and then, I mean, it, you you know, know, right. I'll give you all a holler and just say, you need to stop having good kids. <laughs> Was this nine? Not, no, for God's sake. Catch my, Philip Rivers. I got a, I got a stepdaughter. So bonus baby who's 13. My son's a little over, almost four. And then the baby. So we got a, a, a teenager, a toddler and a baby walk into the bar. Where's mom and dad? Get it? I get it. Dad joke. <laughs> Anyway, there's some <laughs> brewery <laughs> happenings. We're going to have a border coming on because they're the OG in Kansas City for breweries. They yep. just built this. Tonight's tonight's their grand opening. Tonight's so let's let's for focus, their new place. Focus, it's right in the crossroads. Focus on some things happening. Yeah, and we had Red Sash Brewery in last week. Mm-hmm. He's a West Point grad. Was, yep. was in the army. Yep, and he took over the old border and all their beer equipment. Yes, he did. So it's a veteran-owned business because border was 
Uh, that was all border stuff. They yep. moved still in the crossroads, a little beer district there. Yep. They're all friends. They all get along well. It's good to see. But Borders opening a brand new place right by Red Sash, who we had in just like a last week. Just like a skosh, uh, literally skosh being walking distance from where they used to be. I mean, they, they just moved down 18th, maybe a block or something. You basically you just keep, you continue down 18th and you'll hit them. I think it's still on the same side of the street, if I'm not mistaken, too. So it's on the, uh, the, the north side of 18th Street. But if I remember, I think, yeah, so that, bottom line, it doesn't matter. Yes, border moving locations. Red Sash went in there. They're doing their thing. Brewery Imperial uh, is brewing tonight, their 100th batch. They're Crossroads Brew District, too. Uh-huh. They're right. They're basically on the, the, the south side behind uh, Grinders in that parking lot that's right there. Uh, but they're brewing their 100th batch of their biscuit, which is sort of their flagship beer. Uh, what, what else? What is their biscuit? We've had it before, but I forget. Is it their pale ale or? It's no. It, uh, it is. It it is a. Let me look it up to give you the exact sort of uh, definition, so I can that way I, I can do Sterling and Company proper by uh, not pulling it out of my butt, but actually saying what it is. But there is, in terms of like what's happening in and around town, it has been just crazy to see. Just everything going on. Hey, they're not struggling because COVID, one thing it didn't do was wipe out the beer industry because they actually thrived. They, I mean, they, there was breweries that opened, which is crazy. Well, it's, many of them said uh, it really changed their way of doing business. It's their, uh, it's their uh, bread and toast notes, a palate okay. pleaser, part English ESB, part old school American pale ale. So there you go. All good. It it's is. their favorite because they, they had to redo their business models. They started canning more, bottling yep. more, more of their stuff is at bars now. It kind of was good for them because they were able to kind of the pandemic, yeah. Because they were able to restructure well, what they do in the uh, yeah. Like the people coming by and getting beer was big because you know, like people like Diametric, they had what nine breweries out there and would give their beer, not mm-hmm. give it away, but sell their beers to a drive-through on the weekends. But they had to restructure what they did. They found different ways to make their business work. Look at Eric Martin's at Border Brewing. He went and uh, bought a brand new place, which is big. Steve at the call sign. Mm-hmm. He's a C-130 pilot in the military. He's going in Northtown, staying in Northtown, but he's going from a smaller brewery to a bigger brewery. It's going to open up December 4th. So these guys, we're seeing these OGs start to get bigger breweries. Well, what's interesting, is, especially with these with these breweries, like you said, they were, they were having to kind of restructure their game plan. They're having to kind of do things that maybe they were planning to do three to five years down the road because of the pandemic. But now you have... You know, like when a huge wave comes crashing in and it hits, hits, hits mainland and then it rolls back out, the rollback out's happening from the pandemic, which is obviously the supply chain snafu that, that none of us really fully comprehend. But now you've got guys that are like, like Red Sash needing to bottle their stuff, wanting to bottle it, having to wait on their bottles coming in because it's stuck somewhere in a port, either in California or, you know, down somewhere on the East Coast or wherever it might be. So, again, you're having to do how do you get creative and, like, Red Sash bringing people in. They had the, they're having the big uh, Army Navy game in December. I know they did. Was it Army Air Force last weekend? Is that what that was? They had that. It was Army Air Force, Air Force, Army Air Navy games coming up. Their yeah. test, their test run for that to, to make sure they got everything to go for next month when that big that big showdown happens. So everyone's just getting creative. Everyone's getting creative. I saw was it Transport that like bought the plot of land to build their new spot. I think is what it was, or maybe yeah, limit, maybe maybe store. limitless. There's something like that. One of those guys did so. Well, Outlaw Cigar Store finally built the brewery. They had been selling their own beer at their stores for a while, right. so they're in Northtown too. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it, there's a lot happening in the beer scene in Kansas City, and I think we've we've mentioned this before. When you look back historically speaking, it hasn't always been that way. There was a time 
not too long ago when Omaha, of all places, had more breweries than KC. Yeah, they ran commercials to go up there with the beer passport. I've been up, yeah, I did. Yeah, I went up there twice. Uh, and, they're, and they're still running spots now. But I, I ran one today about going up there and, and doing the, the beer thing up there. They don't have as many as we do here. And I still think that there is quite a few places to add breweries. You know, downtown Overland Park only has one. Parkville. Parkville. That's, absolutely. Perry Road. Absolutely. Barry Road. You know, we were talking about. The airport area. There's there, not up there. Oh, man. Yeah. You, you go to Liberty with three halves. You go a little further north to Excelsior Springs. These places have breweries. But then you got places like Hamilton. That's they got, used to in Parkville, but it was before beer before, was cool. Sure. Yeah. It's like 75th Street Brewery. It just kind of, you know, it was before it was like its the time. power plane. Good, good location. I mean, Absolutely. Bricks, oh, yeah. Railroad. I mean, it'd be perfect for when you When you go to Parkville, we were up in Parkville not too long ago. We were in Weston last week. Well, the actually. Parkville Beer Fest. But, the biggest uh-huh. in the city. But when you go to Parkville, a shout out to all y'all that live up there because it you 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 feel like you're on a vacation somewhere. You feel like you're like in a little mountain town in the, in the northeast or something, in a little village up there. Because it doesn't feel like a spot in Kansas City. But it, but it just goes to show you like what is considered Kansas City. It's all so different from downtown Lee Summit to Liberty, which mirror each other a little bit. You know, the kind of the old. Except Lee Summit's getting the Whataburger. I mean, kind of, <laughs> kind of game changer. Liberty, but game they, they changer. Theirs, I'm sure. You know, but I mean, you look at you know places that just all around, and I think take that, one up in Smithville too. Smithville, dude. I mean, little downtown Smithville. Oh, Lakeside there. Brewery. Oh, oh, yeah. oh man, that would be fantastic. It's a core lake, though, so you can't be like right on it. But they have a couple marinas there. But, but there's, but there's, a, there's a little like quote unquote downtown Smithville. Yeah, have you found is. the nudie you spots can, up in Smithville yet? You could drop that. I've in been there. to every spot in Smithville. All you know, there's like a nudie spot up there, right? I did not know that. I found them on a boat one day. I'm sitting there fishing, right? Wait, 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 wait. You, mean on, you mean on the lake? There's He's a like, hey, spot? man, look at these people who are naked. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't know if there's no, a... No, there is, is man. There's like on. a naked run and everything. I'm to Smithville. I'm, I'm, not, kidding. Is, is there, I'm not kidding you. Is there look, a, look, is there, Google Is there a dedicated area for the nudies? For the newbies? All right. You don't have to look this up. Because we go up there every year and take the canoe out at a little spot. But I might have to... You wear your clothes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my wife. You don't have to, evidently. Where we low-key, my wife obviously goes topless to, you know, get a proper tan. Well, it's uh, accepted up there, evidently, in certain spots. <laughs> there, Apparently, it's a thing. There's, there's, See, a, there's there, a thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's allegedly a, a bit of a swingers culture in all these little lake towns, because you've also got Lake Quivira that I've heard rumors about. There's there's uh, something. White Lava Rock. What, yeah, what's the that, one? I was going to say that White Rock. Lake, lake of the Forest what? and Bonner Springs. I've heard about that. There's also Lake Jacomo. There's also uh, Lake Winnebago. Like, I've heard that there's, a, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't, Heartland Cove over in Smithville. That's apparently what it's called. I, you know, I don't know. You know so to, they say. Uh, to each their own, you know. Uh, when in Rome. That's what I say, you know. Learn something new every day. Learn something new every you day. Know, I stumbled upon them. Sure. Binoculars <laughs> went into the uh, tackle sure. box. You know what I'm sure. saying? Oh, wow. Is hey, that... regardless of another thing I sent you earlier this week before we get in and take a break and talk about our winter beers. Yeah. Arby's. Oh, I sent you this. It's funny because it's not beer, but it's liquor. It, they gave French fry vodka. Why? Oh, Again, yeah. I'm Why? trying to fry Curly seasoning, fries. guys. Potato chips. Love them. I finally found them. But this is this. I'm telling so, you, I like Bloody Marys. A lot I was going to say that would that the would French be, fry vodka from Arby's would go well. It's like what, forty bucks a bottle. That would make sense. And then. you can't like go in the Arby's and go through the drive-through and get one, right? Like a couple roast beef sandwiches of vodka. You got to buy it like online or something, don't you? So aren't they are they trying to go up against Sonic? Because wasn't Sonic actually doing, it's sixty bucks a bottle? Is wasn't Sonic doing something uh, about they like did like a seltzer? Yeah, and Waffle House had a beer, you know, but you couldn't buy it at the Waffle House. <laughs> 
Because if Waffle House served beer, there'd be no place for drunks to go after to, to sober up because they would always go to Waffle House to eat waffles, not to go in there and drink more beer. Well, they do have a, like a barbecue vodka, too, to go with your Bloody Mary's. I do like the pretty barbecue solid. vodka. I do pretty like that. Solid. But Arby's has their own vodka. And I guess Cheez-Its did something with wine. Cheez-Its. There's like Cheez-It wine, wine. boxed wine and then the Cheez-Its. <laughs> boxed combo Cheez-It pack. Wine. It would be boxed wine with Cheez-Its. Like it does, no, 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 it, wine and cheese, right? You, you know what you, thing, you, you, but you get? Wine and cheese go together, so why not Cheez-Its? You get a little summer sausage and right? you, get, you get the Cheez-Its and you get the boxed wine. You know, I, I call that Wednesday where I come from. Cheez-Its right? baked right in. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll talk about our favorite winter beers. You can chime in as well. 913-576-7610 is the phone number and also the uh, Jay Southland Toast Service text line. Same number. Nivens tells uh, kid stories, and we talk about our favorite winter beers next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to a different style of two guys in a brewery. We're still here, both of us, Jay Binkley, Jason Nivens, and the producer is always Julio, Julio Sanchez. Really quickly, Kansas City Mavericks are down 0-1, but there's still 40 minutes left. And the Kansas City Comets are up 3 to nothing. Good high school football uh, playoffs, both of them Missouri. Playoffs? By the way, your former uh, team, St. Thomas Aquinas, right with the high right. school. Yeah. They're leading 7 uh, nothing at DeSoto today. Good, right. good. I know DeSoto is a, a powerhouse. By the way, STA's dropping down to Class 4 next season. So St. Thomas Aquinas Penitentiary yeah, is dropping? It uh, makes it a little jumbled up with me. Weren't, weren't they up to 6A at one point? They're, they're 5A, but they're going down. I was 5A when they were there. Well, they're still 5A, I, so, I, but they're going down. I, I was 5A when they were there. <laughs> they were, they were, we were 5A when I was there. I thought they went up to 6A. Is that not yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Regardless, uh, so in the winter, hey, here's yeah. the deal. I'm real weird about uh, Oktoberfest beers because I do like them. And you can buy them. They're, You're they're, a seasonal drinker. Well, they're fresh. You are. You're a seasonal they drinker. They start making them in, in, you know, in yeah, May, yeah, yeah. April, May. But they're yeah. at the freshest right. in August. Right. And I have a guy at a liquor store that always tells me, hey, we, we got them in. Yeah. Because I always, I know that it's a big brewery now, but Sam Adams, Oktoberfest is still one of the best to me. Mm-hmm. I like free states and what they have. Uh, I like some of these breweries when they have October. Mother's Brewing is an Oktoberfest out now that mm-hmm. I absolutely love. But I'm a big fan of the Oktoberfest. I'm still polishing those off as we move into November. But I've got the winter away of Winter Grind, Celebration mm. IPA that mm. I always have mm. in the rotation. Sam Adams Winterfest. Mm. You name it, Nivens. I'm a creature of the seasons I, when are. it comes to beer. I, right? I still can't stop. And Celebration, by the way, is an IPA. I still can't stop with the hazy and the juicy IPAs, uh, most notably from, uh, was it uh, Elcyon? El- Elcyon? How do you Tri- say it? Tri- Elysian? Tri- Tri- Elysian? Is that how you say it? Elysian? Yeah. Yeah, Tri- Sierra Nevada Celebration. That's one I've of my never, favorites. You know what? We've it's, talked it's about it. It's an IPA. Eh. They're overrated a little bit, I'd I, say. I feel like I it. don't think they Elysian? are. Elysian? Is that Elysian? Elysian? I'm because uh, where I the, the spot I go to always has a variety pack where I hit a solid sixer and I taste dust is good. God, so good, and I'm just kind of stuck. Been stuck on that for a while. I blame this show. I really do because remember You're we, we you, yeah, thank you America because like we we did we we talked about this how this being involved in this allows us to try different kind of beers on it doesn't allow us we choose to try different kind of beers on a regular basis. I still can't, and I know you've gone there. You for sure have, if I'm not mistaken, sours. Oh, that's my that's my jam. That's your sweet that's spot. That's my jam. I can't. That's more of a summer, right? Spring. Yeah. For, for me, I love a good peanut butter, peanut butter milk stouts. For me, are my oh, my so go-to. Oh, so you do winter. switch to the stouts, hundred percent. But do you find yourself with those like 
about two two in, you're done because it gets too sweet. Uh no, uh, because they're not they're more heavy than sweet. I would say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I could I could go through. I could have four or five of them. Okay. Oh yeah, Le- left hand has an excellent peanut butter. Style. Left hand, yeah, left hand's pretty solid. That side of St. Louis, right? Isn't that yes. who Jeremy's with? Danner, isn't he? With? Four hands, I think. Four hands is okay. It's okay, so where's left hand out of? Like that's still St. Louis, isn't it? Are they both? I believe so. About to double check. Uh, let me take a look. Four Hands has a good one though too. Yeah. Uh, Absence of Light, okay. which is a peanut butter. Yeah, I think chocolate that's St. Louis, isn't it? Okay. Which is fantastic. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Mother's Winter Grind. That's still my favorite. It's that's the coffee one, right? Yeah, but I'm not a coffee drinker. I know you're not, at but all, the fact all. that you you get on you, you grind on it. Schlafly Coffee. Uh, Boulevard makes a nice coffee. The early riser, but uh, this Mother's Winter Grind. Have you had one? Yes, it's by far my best, my favorite. Book. Absolutely, yeah. No, I can get down on that. I, I haven't when it, when it comes to this kind of season, and I start thinking dark beers. Even though it's not really, I think classified as a dark beer, it's just it's straight. straight oh, up. by the way, left hand is Colorado. Okay, okay, straight up Guinness. You know, like I like I just like it. It's my spring, man. I like a good old Guinness. Guinness though is year round. I really feel like a Guinness is a year round beer. It's not really something that, that you need to. It's kind of beholden to any sort of season. But I think like. When I get to this time of year and I'm weaning myself off of the the juicy IPAs, the hazy IPAs, I start I move into that territory until I until I kind of figure out which one I want to, to dabble with, you know? Because I don't I, I I don't think I've picked up a a coffee stout or a peanut butter stout uh, or anything uh, that's yet. Jam too. Man. I mean, we, we're already in hurry before you have a kid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> stock the bar. The, the Bragio. The Bragio is a storage unit right now, unfortunately. Because oh no! I didn't tell you that my office. My office got. We. I found out before I even bought the house eleven years ago. I had termite infestation, damage, water damage, until I took out the walls and realized I got to do some major overhaul. So everything in the office got relocated to the Baraggio. The beer shed is still operational. It's got the TV. It's where I sit there and watch sports ball and shoot you messages after the game, half cocked, like, they should have passed the ball more. Toddler style. <laughs> they they should have caught the ball more. They should have they should have ran <laughs> forward, not backwards more. <laughs> Bing's like, I'm not using this on air. I'm like, no, the colors like that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just fit right in. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh but um yeah, no, I, I, I definitely got to pick. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta swing through and pick up a, a little winter grind. Pick up a try, uh, try a peanut butter porter or something like that. I, I promise you won't yesterday. be disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Just did yesterday. All right, so what's this about your kid? You want me to do it now? I do. Yeah. Why right. not? I, I think I've got the audio set up. Let me, uh, let me get. Now, to... Explain what, okay. what this hold is. Set us up here. Hold on, but real quick. I'm going to explain. Your it. Kid is not drinking Stop. beer. Done with it. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> my, my, I, I've. For a while now, I've been comparing drunks and toddlers on air, right? And and it's it, you can only tell so much of the story if you don't have the audio. So today, I made it an effort to to try and capture as much audio of my son as I could when he was going through these arguments with me or yelling at me or going like, "How tall is a peanut butter bird?" You know, like I, I didn't I don't have that audio on me here, but I played this on my show. It has been edited properly, and earlier today, Thank you. Yeah, no, so don't you don't have to worry about a dump button or oh, anything. Oh, good. Okay? Thank you. So <clears throat> earlier today, my, my wife wanted me to bring in the six-foot ladder because she has some plants that are, that are high up in the house, hang from the ceiling and on the shelves so stuff, high. That, that need to be watered, right? And so she, since she's pregnant, she's nine months pregnant. Like, it's any day now. Yeah. She's like, I, you know, I can't. Any second. Yeah, pretty much. She's like, you know, I can't, can't get on the ladder. I'm like, baby, I know. I got you. So I'm, <laughs> I'm watering just, just some of these plants for her, taking care of it. 
And one of the feet on the ladder is kind of off a little bit, like kind of uh, part of it's broken. So it has this little wobble to it. And so, so Credence, my son's name's Credence, was getting mad about it. Wolfie? Yeah, Wolfie's, Wolf's his middle name. So I was like, look, I'm just going to put this. He, he, he was complaining about it. I go, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And I put the ladder back outside. At this moment, he started losing it. And my wife had my phone because she was doing some math or whatever with the calculator. And I was like, hit record, hit record, hit record. And so this is what happened <laughs> as, I, as I came back inside without the ladder that he wanted to get on. As we compare kids to drunks. Yeah. And uh, Junior did not like that. I don't like when it's so wobbly and you're such a fucking <laughs> Wow. Putting it on a wall. When, put, uh, I'm a, when I'm a, you're putting it on a rug, it's yeah. wobbly. It's not firm. I'm sorry. You're a fucking <laughs> What? Yeah, you heard it. What? You, you, you want me to play it again? The kid was just dropping pop. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want me to play it again? You want to bring the volume up yeah, a little bit? go ahead. You want to hear it again? All right, here we go. You did not like that. I don't like when it's so wobbly and you're such a fucking when you're Whoa. just putting it on a rug. When, I'm put, uh, I'm a, when I'm you're a... putting it on a rug, it's yeah. just wobbly. It's not firm. I'm sorry. You're a fucking dad. <laughs> <laughs> How does he drop the F-bomb so freely like that? Because he listens to his what? mother and I, and he, dry, he has proper context when he does it. And <laughs> she shouldn't have proper context I mean, I can't to get, use that word. Well, I, mean, I can't get mad at him. I mean, How I, old's it, a kid? He's, uh, he just turned three. He turned, he turned three oh years and nine my. months. The other I didn't day. know F-bombs at three. Oh, three. my. I mean, he, like, he, he swears more than uh, – my wife probably swears the most in the house than me. No, no, my wife, Credence, then me, and then the, the oldest doesn't swear at all. I mean, it's a toss-up between my wife and I. But what? like, he, I try not to. I once what? moved a fridge <laughs> to be a beer fridge to the, from the kitchen to the garage. You know, when you get a new fridge, and I moved the kids out of the way because I knew that cussing was going to ensue. Right. I was like, I would just this is a little. I said, we'll just move you guys away because dads doesn't move refrigerators without throwing some f bombs. And I did, and they went upstairs. But that was, you know. Exactly uh, what happened. Drop like on my man. foot the whole deal. I don't like when it's so wobbly and you're such a fucking <laughs> when you're just putting it on a wall. When, I'm put, uh, I'm a, I'm when a, you're putting it on a rug, it's yeah. just wobbly. It's not firm. I'm sorry. You're a fucking Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say. And that concludes I two love, guys at a brewery. I love with that the kid. Kids as drunk. So. <laughs> same thing. Niven says the same. They act the same way. Yeah, kids. I mean, dude, so. toddlers, drunks, and toddlers. You make some good points. You make some good points. <laughs> Come up next, though. Back to the Raiders and Chiefs to tell the tape. We'll dive into this game a little bit more next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.